Well, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome back to Witchcast, guys. My name is Julia. Um, if, you, if you're new to this podcast, I am the host of this, uh, I guess, little casting area that I like to call it. Uh, today we have Elise Osborne with us again. She is a very, very cool person, guys. Um, I'm going to release an episode with her soon. This will be our second episode together, and I'm very excited to be working with her, you guys. She is a real treat, so it's going to be a fun time. We're going to be talking about divination, uh, specifically tarot cards, because that's where she is at her best, and, you know, she's she's a queen at tarot card, guys. Like, it's, it's, it's unreal. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about all different kinds of ways that of, of tarot and like how we got into it. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, like what drew us to certain decks. We're going to talk about what it means to be bonding with a deck. It's We're going to flow pretty fast and easily. So you guys are going to enjoy this. But as usual for the podcast, we're going to pull a tarot card of the day first. And then it's going to be live right now. And we're just going to kind of just go over it together and see what we got. So I'm just going to shuffle real quick. Bring it on. Let's do it. <laughs> Ooh. Looks like we got a two for one deal. Perfect. I shuffled and it's really funny because this whole week um, I've been really focusing on queens and specifically in, uh, just like the Rider weight kind of tarot decks and I got the queen of cups and four of pentacles but the four of pentacles is reversed and uh it's funny that we got queen of cups because I actually got that with Ty one of the times I, I read for um Makes- on the episode Ty has very strong queen of cups energy yeah very, ner- very wise very empathic absolutely so um with queen of cups i really like this card um i'm gonna post this on my instagram guys so you guys can see it when i post this episode it looks like um she's a mermaid like she has like all the scales and everything she's like wearing a dress that looks like it's scales but it's blue and it's like really shiny and glittery and she's sitting on her throne of course and she's holding a chalice and she's gazing into it and she's looking it looks like she's looking for like some kind of answer like she's trying to really use her intuition, her gut feeling, and see what it is she's trying to scry for. So I know with cups, um, I typically describe your emotions and relationships. Uh, when this suit comes up, it's time to listen to your intuition, like I said. And uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, cups are actually part of the water element. And so it makes sense because in this photo, she's in the ocean. So it's very cool. Um, I feel like Queen of Cups really kind of just pulls you into the notion where you have to really pay attention of what's going around you. And from there, you pick up pieces of information and it's almost like putting a puzzle together. And like, once you kind of figure out what's going on, you kind of just use that information and then you kind of just like dissect it. And like, I, I know in... You know, my podcast, I talk about a lot about different topics. And right now it feels like I'm putting puzzle pieces together. And I think that um, having Elise on here is a real puzzle piece that, you know, I finally found that's going to fit. So that's pretty cool to get this card with you as well. What do you think? I mean, I think that that card, um, that combination of cards 
in particular is uh, very telling. And um, yesterday I put out a episode, uh, I guess episode, I don't know. I, I have a YouTube channel and mm-hmm. I did a rant on um, why empaths have horrible romances. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I was pissed. So I just went off and um, it makes sense for the Queen of Cups and the Four of Coins Inverted. It's um, a, a Queen of Cups is very empathetic. You know, water is to water. It, it, it's poor. It, um, you know, if something gets waterlogged, it's like water knows no boundaries and um, water is sympathetic and it feels the other waters and it gets lost in the things that it touches and um, it keeps going and soaking. And when it's combined with something like the four of pentacles inverted, which is so much about boundaries and taking care of your own business, minding your own business and have business to mind, even if it's boring and tedious, you have to keep up. You have to chop wood and carry water, so to speak, before and after enlightenment. And when that's inverted, it's saying um, feeling not good about your um manifested limitations and uh obligations and um in the combination i'm just relating it to um my most recent thing that i put out which was about empaths having bad boundaries and um because of that inviting um sometimes unhealthy connections yeah definitely i sorry i didn't mention the second current because i was just focused so focused on the queen of cups but you're absolutely (laughs) right yeah the queen of cups is very radiant yeah no your your whole kind of just outlook on the four of pentacles reverse as well or four of coins reverse is actually really accurate um because it kind of like depicts this girl in the city she's trying to really she's holding like the coin and she's trying to really focus on exactly what she needs to get done it's almost like her sole mission and that kind of ties in with the queen of cups where if this is upright so she definitely is, they both play this game together of like trying to really make sure that they can focus and pull through. Um, I know that in this podcast and episodes, um, I'm trying to see how it relates. And, you know, it's really funny because in my Instagrams, uh, my personal uh, witch, I guess, Instagram, if you want to call it that, and my witchcast um, Instagram for my podcast. I do tarot cards of the day for both and they're always opposites. It's like always the like the opposite card of each other. Yeah. So I think it's uh this definitely kind of makes sense to be in this episode. Um and like like I said, while well, shuffling, like we got a two for one deal, just like they both came out. They're like, Look at me, look at me, look at me. So I love getting those cards because you know, you don't you, you don't even have to do anything. They just come out and, you know, sh- show the colors for you. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also interesting that opposition is part of your, um, your path right now. And it's uh, a principle of hermeticism, you know, understanding polarity and how it's really the same thing. You know, they say yeah. like hot and cold are the same thing. Love and hate are the same thing. If you think of it as like a, a number line you know it's it's on the same line it's just different degrees from the middle and you could still sort of slide that thermostat or you could slide that emotional connection from from love to hate or back around again I guess um so I think that like right now on your path as you're 
willfully trying to explore your wisdom and um, connection to the divine that you're seeing the opposition it's like trying to reveal to you some kind of mastery of self through seeing um, opposites and polarity yeah definitely I see that 100% and you know I think one of the reasons why this deck is so accurate for me is because I found this deck I Okay, so we'll get into a debate on whether or not you're supposed, you're supposed to be given tarot cards or if you can buy your own. I well, honestly tell you right now what I think. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I think that there is something to being given a tarot deck, but I don't think it's the fucking law or whatever. Like I don't like people say you should never buy your own decks. I've bought my own decks loads of times because I want them and I'm gonna get them. Um, I think that there is something of a tradition of, of being given your first decks. Um, you know, maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, I think my first, I wish I still had my first ex. Uh, I wish I understood how rare and weird they were. And I really wish I would have hold, held on to them. Um, but I passed them on. So unfortunately I don't have them anymore. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. Cause like, I understand the tradition of getting your first deck be given to you because it's like kind of it's like initiation to the world of magic kind of right so but I like to buy my own decks and the way I do it is you know kind of just like unfortunately I bought this deck uh, like without you know going to a store and physically touching and holding it but for some reason you know I've been I've been seeing this deck out of my corner of my eye just like on you know shopping online and stuff and it just it keeps popping up everywhere and so it's like it's actually the modern witch tarot deck um it's a gorgeous deck guys it's it's really very women and feminine power kind of feel to it um i really think I... it's a gr- go ahead <laughs> sorry no go ahead um i feel like and this is maybe controversial but i feel like mm-hmm. um sometimes i have difficulty with decks that are overly feminized because i feel like fem- feminine is um is a natural uh it's a natural power and mm-hmm. um, without the duality of feminine and masculine and neutral energy in a deck i feel like it might seem a little lopsided in a reading and um mm. i don't always think of uh feminine and masculine n- uh, nature as uh gender which is i don't know if that's something basic basic af to say or not but i think no, when- you're good when reading um, tarot, I think that there's a deep significance to acknowledging the difference between, like, let's say, the masculine representation of the element of fire uh, versus the feminine representation of, uh, because feminine and masculine are elemental forces, as are the, the, you know, fire, water, earth, and wind. And it, again, it has nothing to do with, like, feminism or patriarchy or gender identity it's um so much to do with uh very ancient practices around um what it is to be feminine or masculine you know when you look at the Ching or something like that it's very um uh it's it's rudimentary to understand the discipline of um the hexagon which is divided by the feminine and the masculine and the feminine is uh not woman it's uh it's uh the element of receiving energy which is um archetypally represented through women 
Um, so there's a lot of um, qualities of feminine energy that are very, very important as there are in masculine energy. And um, I, you know, I think that like every deck should be made. I think everyone, no matter how cool or stupid their idea is, I want every deck to be made. I want it all. But um, yeah. when I have decks that are um, um, overly feminized, I feel like I'll go to them when I want that particular energy and I need that particular energy and I need to ground in my own femininity and hear that. Um, so that will call me. Um, but I feel like for um, if there's a deck that I need to use on a regular basis that is more universal for people, I feel like I need to play with the full deck and that has um, it should have the entire spectrum rainbow and diversity of the different experiences. And um, I, I really like, um, it's not a criticism of the deck or anything, but I just feel like sometimes when I see um, reinventions of decks, um, I sometimes have mixed feelings because I, I do want to see everything and I do think some ideas are cool and I do think every idea should exist for sure. But sometimes I'm like, I just like also think that there's something really important about the original premise and the Kabbalistic alignment of these different energies. And um, I think if we just look at them at face value for gender representation, it could be very distracting from the underlying wisdom. Yeah, that's completely fair. I, I agree with everything you said. It's just for some reason, this deck, when it called out to me, it just, I, some, I don't very often have my feminine side kind of shown out. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am very girly every now and then, but I, I feel like, um, you know, that I like to be on the masculine side. Yeah. And uh, this deck kind of calls out to my inner, like, child and kind of just like, you know what, be the fr like the frisly little girl with like the tutu and holding the, you know, the star wand or something and just like run around in the flowers kind of feel to it. Yeah. Kind so page of cups sort of deck. Yeah, exactly. And so I kind of just like grew like I it just like drew me towards it and I just like every single I mean it does have its like pros and cons obviously but I mean this deck specifically like it it always kicks my ass and I think that I needed a deck where it can like just show me you like you need to have both sides of the coin right so you yeah. need to have your feminine and masculine side yeah because sometimes I have decks where they're mostly it's on the one spectrum or the other. I, I'm trying to find a middle ground deck. Now, the Rider Weight deck, I think, is a good transitional deck. But yeah, um, I when I first got that deck when I was 18, um, apparently uh, it was it was a brand new deck. I bought it as, at a uh, metaphysical store, and um, apparently it had something attached to it, spiritual or spirit wise. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah, I had something attached to it, and I was, like, completely obsessed with the deck, and I was, like, dangerously obsessed. Like, I would sleep with it. I would do everything with it. It was, like, my protective blanket, basically. Mm. And so I went to go see, because things kept happening to me all the time. They were, like, things would just, like, fall around me, or I'm um, being clumsy, and, like, things just, like, or, like, fall unexpectedly down the stairs or something like that. Yeah. But um, I went to go see a psychic medium, and... Um, they actually told me there was something attached to it. And, you know, in my previous episodes, I talked about how growing up there was something attached to me demon wise. Yeah. Um, that was attached to me, to, to me before I had this deck and a spirit came on board with that. And um, 
so she told me she's like um I didn't even tell her that I practiced witchcraft or that I have tarot cards at home or anything and she goes like do you have a specific deck at home that's in a yellow cardboard box and I said yes and she's like is it the Roger Waite deck and I'm like yes and she's like you need to get rid of that as fast as you can because something is on there and it's like it's it's good it's consuming you like Mm -hmm. it's giving me chills thinking about that because it was absolutely true and so she was telling me she's like are you aware of all this baggage that you have on you like spirit wise and I was like I really didn't understand what that even meant to begin with Mm -hmm. and so she had to pull a lot of things from me because it was just like drowning my life in terms of obsession and just darkness yeah so like I finally found decks that actually like resonate with me because I the way I choose them is very very unique to me yeah Uh, and I don't know and I also I hear this a lot you know I've heard I've been doing this for a very long time and um, I've heard many stories of people um, getting into tarot and then creepy shit starts happening to them and then they shut it down and they walk away and that's a great thing to do um I'm not and that's not what you did but I think that you have to figure out how to go forward and I I think it has so much to do with an initiatory practice Uh, yes when you start opening to channeling shit you're gonna see some shit and not all of it's cool so you need to um on your path learn to have a backbone and boundaries and like we pulled in the beginning the the queen of cups and the four of pentacles inverted it's like this is not uncommon whatsoever for people to start seeing some crazy shit or like feel like they're first or have dark entities pop around and it's yeah it's an initiatory process yeah i completely agree you i think you um it seems like you figured out how to move forward with it and well i didn't yeah i didn't want it to take like like take charge of me because you know i took you know, my craft pretty seriously at an early age. And, you know, I didn't want one little thing to just derail me from it. And, you know, like as much as it was hard to go through and seeing all these different things happening, the spirit wise, and, you know, kind of just like, I kind of just took it. I was like, you know what, don't be a little bitch and just fucking do it, you know? Totally. A lot of people that after this happens and they start to see weird chat and they're like, no, and they throw it away. And, I think that's great. Like, it's not really for everyone, you know. I, yeah. in some ways, I kind of wish it was because I think it's amazing. And it, of course, I'm obsessive and like study it all the time, every day. And um, though I could say that because I'm so devout to it, it's um, it, it is sometimes alienating because I um, there's universal truths that come out that are not in alignment with the zeitgeist that we live in, and it can mm-hmm. feel weird. And, um, I don't think it is for everyone, you know, um, not to say like anyone's better or worse for it, but it's just like, it is a, a little bit of a brutal path that can knock you around. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say if anyone's listening and they're starting to experience this sort of initiatory process, um, learn boundaries, learn to have protective cleansing, learn to know how to be in control because when you step into, you know, it's like, if it's like don't like get out or whatever you know it's like a you got to learn how to be um you have to this is all about wisdom empowerment and aligning with your natural self in the natural world and being able to see clearly 
So you have to know when to when to dip and when to sway and when to have boundaries and hard lines around things and um it's it's confusing. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um I know like you said it's not for everybody magic wise too. You know, sometimes the practice of magic it's not for everyone either. You I feel like divination or tarot cards specifically is a good kind of just like starter kit if you will to kind of like get into the motions of what you know magic is and you know like when I went through the whole thing with seeing spirits and stuff I've had that my entire life but this was like another kick to the ass where I was like okay I didn't anticipate this to be this strong yeah and so um yeah like you like you were saying I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out you know listeners um whoever's listening to this podcast if you are just starting to get into tarot cards like it's it's a good gateway you know you don't have to I don't know about if you if... I don't know if I totally agree with that because I yeah I think that um I think like you're saying um the gateway has already been initiated you know if you've been having these visions your whole life I think it's mm-hmm. more of a vehicle um, to start to understand how to drive through it, how to navigate this shit that you're like, I don't really know anyone who can tell me why I'm seeing ghosts. I don't really That's know fair. And what the fuck I'm seeing. And um, I think that it can be a gateway into occultism or um, it's an easy access way to understand hermetic philosophies and um, Kabbalistic practices and deity and all this stuff and, and mythology. It, it, it has a lot of stuff in there. And um, I think that we have to imagine it as, um, as some, some kind of vehicle or maybe like a wild horse we got to tame. And mm-hmm. it has these preset configurations that already kind of boil down the anatomy of the spiritual realm and if we're feeling like bucked around by it to begin with and we're already having like these weird experiences sometimes it can um it's something that we can learn and use as a vehicle to master the the roads because it's like your gateway had already opened you know and and mine too and i feel like it would be there with or without tarot cards um that's fair. So, I mean, I, I sound very contradictory and stuff, but I just mean to say, like, um, I don't think that you, because of getting into tarot cards or opening to this stuff, it seems like you already have been. And I think it, I don't want to sell your, your, you know, your intentions or your experiences short by saying it's because of tarot cards. I think they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're offering some kind of navigation um, bedrock but it's something mm-hmm. you've already been on that tip, you know, with or without them. And now you're using them um, in your toolbox, you know? Yeah, it's really true. I didn't really think of it as like, um, quote unquote, like a vehicle that you can kind of just drive and stuff. That's a really good kind of analogy for tarot cards because, or any kind of like form of like magic, like whether it's, you know, divination, you use those tools like pendulums or like Ouija boards, if you, if you really feel like you're ready or if you're using, words. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck Ouija boards. Like I, I put it lightly because, you know, like I, I didn't want to get into that too much we because it's another world on its own. We don't have to. No, yeah, that's, that's another show. <laughs> it's a different show. But 
yeah divination uh tarot cards specifically um i'm I'm not saying i'm an expert i'm not even close to an expert guys like i just this is something that i feel very comfortable with talking uh, about i think that we don't need an expert sometimes like i think that we want i mean all the stuff all the stories we like all the movies we want to see all the books we want to read all the information sometimes it's it's usually through the eyes of someone who's like the avatar like come with me on my journey like here's what i'm going to explore here's what i have to see and um yeah i think that it's great that you're doing uh, learning and exploring because it helps people learn with you and like figure it out as you're figuring yeah. out and like fuck trying to be an expert like you know what i mean like <laughs> um yeah it's absolutely what you're trying true. To do. and it's great yeah Sometimes I feel like I just need to, like, own my shit, but, like, you know, sometimes I get very, very, very kind of just, like, doubt, I doubt myself a lot. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you don't really necessarily have to have an expert on the show or, like, just expert teaching you because I feel like, you know, you're right. Um, Tarot cards, it's a, it's a different way to look at things, I think, because you can learn different, there's all, like, different ways to learn tarot cards. Yeah. And you know that for sure. So, I mean, like, and with definition wise, there's never going to be one definition that's going to be the same, like concrete. You're gonna always going to find different versions of, you know, different definitions in books or like online or whatever. But, you know, I think tarot cards, um, you're right for me. They were a very, very good way for me to accept whatever that was going on with me spiritually. Um, they were kind of like my protective blanket. Like, I know I said that that deck was my protective blanket, but that was, like, another case. That, that was a little demonic or whatever the case was. But I think tarot cards is, like, my go-to kind of, like, best friend, if you will. Um, yeah. But because of this deck that I <laughs> – I like how I just rambled. Um, <laughs> the deck that I currently have um, – I wanted to get to that because like I was saying um, it's very feminine and it brings out the femininity in me. And I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, I think what Elise is saying guys is, you know, it, there's so many decks out there and they really should be, be made for everybody. Cause you know, there's so many different versions. I think there's so many different kinds of depictions. I want to see all the, yeah, I make decks. I collect them. I have over 65 decks. I have a a crazy hunger for it. And, I'm a maximalist, you know what I mean? Sometimes I sound like a snotty little bitch, elitist, but the the reality <laughs> is I'm a maximalist. I want everything to exist and I want everything to be here and I love it all. Yeah. But um yeah, I guess like um I'm just I just said that um in in good conscience of just because you know this is a public platform of like how I feel about that and you know, and of course, like I said, I'm of two minds because I, I think every voice should be heard. I think every sh- reality should be explored through all the different creations we can make. And um, mm-hmm. sure, there's some things that are reporable, but like, it's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the creative, um, the creative soul being manifested through all these different eyes and hands and uh, representations. And I love it. But um, yeah, so I think that also like you're saying it's a, it's a blanket or a friend. And I think sometimes when um, we have um, abstract thoughts or seeing uncanny things and um, it's kind of feels kind of soupy in our psychic um, headspace and we're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. The, 
the tarot can be very grounding because it offers an archetypal reflection that we could just look at an image and look, look back. And it, I think it helps us cognitively rewire and recommit to what we're seeing before us. Like, because it's a uh, universal forms and because they're fixed cards um, and we're pulling it out and we're like, Oh yeah. Chariot inverted. Yeah. My car is, is not working very well and it's making it so I can't really get too far. And I'm pumping all this money into it. And now I'm like looking at the night of coins inverted. And I'm like, oh, oh, duh. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that in this way unless I had these blank archetypes staring back at me. And I'm like looking at what's right in front of my face anyway. But it gives me an opportunity for really basic reflection. And sometimes those reflections are very painful. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we're even annoyed with like oh I guess I've just pulled these random cards like I believe in it completely except for right now when it's telling me something I don't like you know what I mean (laughs) yeah definitely I have those days where I pull cards and I'm just like should I just reshuffle it and try pulling a different card but it's like I end up you know (laughs) I I bite I bite my tongue and I'm just like just take it just take it and don't be a little bitch about it and just accept the fact that you have to see what you don't want to see so so speaking of dualities um here you're talking about um being attracted to this this deck that you feel safe with and you feel like is showing you and teaching you something right now and it has really strong page of cups or princess of cups energy and then you keep telling yourself don't be a little bitch and then it's like what if you allowed yourself to be a little bitch what would that look like I don't know. That's a good question because like growing up, I actually, I'm an only child. So growing up, I always had to be strong for myself because both my parents, you know, bless them. They're very good parents, but they had to work because they were, they were immigrant parents. So they had to work was their life. They wanted a better life for me. So I hardly got to see them. Yeah. I hardly got to see them. So I had to be strong for myself. And, you know, if you, if, I, I would always go to like school and they'd have teacher parent conference and my parents weren't with me because they couldn't make it. So I'd have to be like, don't be such a little bitch, Julia. Like who cares if you see other kids with their parents, just make, make do with what you have and just keep going forward. So that's why I always say that to myself because it's like ingrained in me that I have to just be strong for myself. And sometimes I, you're right. I do want to be a little bitch about it. Well, right now you've afforded a life where maybe you're allowed to be a little bitch and you're maybe attracted to this energy that has a soft, feminine, whimsical, gentle energy to tell you these messages because you need to hear the voice of the little bitch because she's feeling all like she can't speak. And um, you are safe and you're allowing yourself the opportunity to explore that because that's another thing about tarot. It's not people say, you know, I'm the magician, I'm the hierophant, but really it's the fool's journey and we are all the fool and we're going to embody every single aspect, every single archetype is within us to explore. So you won't die and you won't you won't be defeated if you allow yourself that page of cups energy, you know, and um yeah. Talking about being strong in the tarot, what is the, the strength card? You know, it's not a burly soldier, like, you know, stabbing a beast with brute force. 
I mean, I'm sure there's some decks that depict that, which I do not agree with, but again, to each their own, and I want everything to exist. But this classic image is a maiden holding a lion's mouth open gently and bound with a leash of roses, Leo and Virgo. And what this means is the alignment with divine order, higher nature, um, level-headed judgment, kindness, and gentleness towards our inner beast, which we're treating with dignity, and it's the alignment of the id and the superego. It's it's showing ourselves gentle love and respect, and that somehow puts order in our lives and leaving space for both parties to exist simultaneously, and that is strength. It's not beating yourself up. It's not telling yourself you have to shut up and be strong. It's being immensely merciful and holding so much love and space for yourself. So that's Mm -hmm. strength, you know, because it's hard and scary to do that. But maybe part of your journey right now and this conversation and the decks that you're choosing and the messages that are coming through are saying, like, listen to the story that keeps coming up. Do you want to hold on to it? There's so many things astrologically right now that's happening and it's like, we're all being asked to look at ourselves and and we get to decide if we're going to be judge, jury, and executioner. Are we going to be merciful to our own stories, to our own growth and value, our process, and that we don't have to be experts or strong in like a traditional sense that we could be soft and vulnerable and, and still be cared for, you know, and still have a place in this world. And I think that's what the key word is vulnerability. I think that's what some, you know, I'm not going to say for everyone, but I know that's what I'm afraid of is being Dude, vulnerable. It's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> it's horrifying. And yeah, it's, it's fucking horrifying. And sometimes, you know, I have to let my guard down and just, you know, just be afraid and that's okay. You know, yeah. sometimes there are times where I have, you know, experiences with spirits and I am terrified you know and you know I that's why I always feel like I have to have my guard up so high most of the time is because I don't want to be scared and sometimes you just have to accept the fact that you have no choice and you just have to try to get through it as best as you can and I think that's what's beautiful about tarot is that yeah the journey is going to be you know kind of scary or it's going to be uneven or you know it's not going to be perfect but at the end of the day, it's it's guiding you a path to where you sh- like where you're going to end up being. It's going to be the best version of yourself. Hopefully, that's what I'm depicting for myself. I see you that. know, I'm not but, saying that's for everyone. But you know, sometimes um, you're you're saying like you know like you have to climb this mountain, and um, I think that that's admirable, and I think we should always have goals before us. But you're also completely allowed to be present right now as you are, imperfect or whatever you might think. And just feel completely accepting of exactly how you are and how you've always been and that there's nothing missing or wrong with you and you're perfectly here. And that I think is why we are attracted to this idea of being a witch or a healer or a reader. Like we want to have this ability to feel strength and empowered in whatever is in front of us and feel the liberty to be exactly where we are right now. And we want to feel imperfectly perfect. And 
the only thing that will ever do that for us is if we give ourselves permission to be loved by ourselves, no matter what the fuck anyone says or how many things we feel like we haven't done or how many things we don't know or know. And there's an impossible amount of things to know. And the only thing that I know is we can just give ourselves that moment of, of peace and love and, in turning over to share that and everything we do the strength figure she is not um seen as weak you know she's the embodiment of strength even though she's not wearing armor she's not particularly like physically strong and um the strong figure there is an, a lion who of course is strong and he's showing vulnerable they're both showing vulnerability and tenderness to each other and it's not it doesn't, it's not the card of weakness, you know, it's a card of strength, which is the bond of love and trust and acceptance and gentleness, which is the truth of strength. You know, when we lash out and hurt people, it's, it's when we feel threatened or there's something inherently uh, damaged within us, you know, and when we are full and at our capacity to show up fully for ourselves and whatever's in front of us that's when we're at our best and that comes from a place of being able to be consciously accepting of ourselves so that in turn we're consciously accepting and gentle and loving to others and I mean when we see an animal um, and an animal wants to come up to us and has a good feeling it's because we're like feeling good and if we're feeling hostile and weird the animal's like what the hell or like threatened or barks at us or if we're acting scared then the animal might like want to attack us depending on what kind of animal it is but you know like there's these men who go into the wild and they run into like wild um lions and they just show their they show up and they put their arms big and they don't flinch and they don't run away and they don't try to hit them or anything they just hold their space and the lions are like okay chill and they're <laughs> cool with the person and you're like this man is insane yeah but he's right because clearly this is a law of nature that if you go up to a wild pack of lions and you hold your own space with gentleness and acceptance of exactly who you are not threatened not attacking not defensive or offensive um clearly you're in alignment you know and um that the the cost of admission on that is just to be a presence and feel yourself and that is kind of a hard thing to do oddly but you there's no amount of books we could read that'll grant us that we have to do that for ourselves and that is the truth of being a willful um being that's that's the truth of being strong or I think that that is the core reason why so many people are attracted to witchcraft right now. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I never really, I swear to God, every time we have conversations, it's like, fuck. Oh my God, I have no idea how this is so amazing. And, you know, I'm always so overwhelmed, but I'm also like, at the same time, I'm like so grateful that I can actually talk to you and then I can actually Likewise. learn from you. I think you're so, doing great. And um, yeah. I think that you're showing a lot of vulnerability and courage and like just doing this project. And I think it's great. And I think that learning, I think we should learn something new every day. And, you know, there's so many rules to life or whatever. And so not all of them we can do and not all of them we can remember. And sometimes we feel sad and sometimes we fall down. 
but I, I think that the best we could do is to remember to be present and love ourselves. And if no one else will give us permission to exist and be okay, we can do that for ourselves. And it, and, and, and adversely, it also, no matter how many people say we're great and we're cool or beautiful or smart or cool, we did it, you know, it won't ever, we won't ever touch us unless we say that to ourselves. We, we are deciding who we are. Yeah. And, you know, this self-love that we're talking about, I think is very, very, very important. You know, I don't think um, I would be able, or, you know, I don't like, like I said, I don't want to speak for other people, but like, I, I feel like if, you know, you don't self-love yourself or you give yourself that chance to just a chance at love, I think it's really damaging because I know for most of my life, I had no idea how to love myself. It was a complete shit show. And uh, it wasn't until it wasn't until 2015 when I when something very traumatic happened to me um, that it kind of just made me open my eyes and be like, you know what, you're given a second chance. Let's take it for exactly what it is and start, you know, loving yourself and so that we can love others. And, you know, guys, in my other episodes, you know, I'm very bubbly and I'm very, you know, vivacious because why would you want to be anything else but like why would you want to be angry or like mad or like like defensive you know and I think that it's really important to love yourself because at the end of the day you have yourself and that's it you know I mean you have oh I said that's so true and and self-love can feel confusing sometimes like I think sometimes we talk about self-love and we're talking about span like uh pampering and spoiling ourselves and buying ourselves gifts and taking a lot of naps and you know if I if if you if I had a child like I wouldn't say I love you have ice cream for dinner I love you you don't have to take a shower today I love you like you don't have to go to school and you could just nap like it's that's not that's like abusive you know what I mean so yeah, it's, it's yeah, detrimental yeah, to their totally. health. So, so love isn't just tough love or soft love or, or coddling. I think sometimes um, love can be such a four-letter word and so confusing and so much of us have like hurt and um, past issues and wounds around it. And I think the most um, I find about self-love that I would relate to self-love is um, presence and acceptance. Like, yes, I'm on your side. Yes, I see you. Yes, you, you can be here. And um, to me, I feel like that's where I find the basis of the core of um, that self-love power, you know, just accepting that I exist and that I can exist and there's nothing so wrong with me that I can't be here with myself, you know. And yeah. you could do that yeah, while you're sure. tired or hungover or having to go to a job you hate or dealing with a roommate that disrespects you or saying something that's embarrassing to you that's out of line with what you thought your ethics were you could put your foot in your mouth you can you know whatever uh, deplorable thing that you could imagine but if you at the end of the day are allowed to re-enter yourself and say I'm here with you I, I want to be here with you I love you and I'm, I'm not going to abandon you. And that sounds a little bit crazy because it's like, how can you, you know, really abandon yourself? But people do it all the time. People throw themselves under the bus all the time, you know, and say, I won't accept you yeah. until you do something that makes me proud. 
and we get on these treadmills yep. trying to prove something to ourselves like will I love me now you know and 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 the answer is no <laughs> because you don't have to fucking do anything yeah. to love yourself you just got to show up you just got to be present like you said because you know um there's so many moments in life where you feel like you have to be in order to love yourself, you have to be a size zero. In order to love yourself, you have to, uh, like, accomplish some kind of, you know, degree and graduate and be this profession. You know, I think you're absolutely correct. You know, being present and loving yourself and just giving yourself the acceptance where it's just like, you know what? It was really hard today, but you did a great job. Let's yeah. kill it tomorrow. And, you know, that's exactly what I do before I go to sleep honestly like I tell myself like you know what today was another today was a day but you know tomorrow's a brand new one and you're going to be reborn and you're going to live another day and it's going to be fantastic because you know I look at life where every single day it's a it's a clean slate of what you can and cannot do to make it great you know yeah, what I mean? that's true and um I think it's also okay if you don't know you know or or you say like um if you or if you tell yourself something, I think I'll feel great if I get this PhD and you're like, okay, I'm gonna work on it, I'm gonna work on it. Maybe, you know, it's 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 like we don't know. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna go through our uh, cycles and sometimes we're gonna run ourselves ragged and I think that's kind of inevitable, you know. It's you see it in tarot a lot too. It's like the path to enlightenment, it has all these upswings and downswings, and then it's like oh um the tower oh shit and then it's like the star okay and then you know you're you're in all of these weird raptures and stuff and it's it's like no it it doesn't seem exactly logical what adds up to the next stage like how did I get in the devil hole god you know it's um it's weird you know sometimes you think that you graduate into the next level and you'll get a break And that's not necessarily true. So the best thing that we could do to ourselves is know that we won't ever totally figure it out and we won't ever totally feel okay. But because of that Mm -hmm. and because of that knowing, and I think that's the value of having a vehicle like tarot, it kind of gives you a little bit of a roadmap and it's saying like, oh shit, like this is uh, kind of hard, you know, life is, life's tough. And then you're like, oh, okay, um maybe I'll be as gentle as I can with myself because I need to have a lot of room to, to learn and grow with this stuff. It's, it's kind of brutal. Yeah, for sure. And you know, guys, I swear this all is about tarot cards. I swear. Um, I know we're having like a life talk and I think it's needed. You know, I mean, I've been doing, I've read for thousands of people and I'm not talking about, arrow to them and talking yeah. about life because you know bullshit and I'm like yes oh your lover's in jail and you feel like he's cheating on you and they're like what the fuck I didn't I didn't say like <laughs> you know hangs man inverted three of swords um two of cups inverted um th- you know what I mean you you again the yeah. tarot is a vehicle it's a vehicle and it, yes. we learn how to read. I'm a tarot reader. I'm not, it, that means I just read the symbols. And it's like, if I said I was an English reader, it's like, okay, what? Like, 
I read, you know, it's, I read stop signs and newspapers and my Instagram feed. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's what it's saying is stuff about life and it's about the soul evolution. It has a language which we can, we could figure out and we could talk about and it's constantly ever unflowing as you learn, you, you will never stop learning. But, um, tarot is life to me. It's my religion. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a language that I see the world in. And, um, and as a reader, a lot of times I'll lose that veil because the average, you know, the average Josephina that sits in front of me doesn't necessarily want to know what every card means or the history or whatever. She wants to know, she wants to have a once in a lifetime experience because she's not ever had a tarot reading before and she might again and she's just like I want to hear something that I could keep with me and if you're especially if you're doing a big event or if you have a time constraint you're like let's get to it you know like this is your life right now and um you have to do it I I have to do it with the intention of reminding someone that they're in control of their life and here are the things that might distract you from feeling that you're empowered in your life do you have to um, be kind in your uh, discernment and in your reading and what you're seeing and ultimately remind someone of their sovereignty? That's what I feel or whatever comes up. But yeah, tarot is life. It's to me, it's not a game. It's real. And um, I use it as a, as a vehicle yeah. or um, a meeting ground that we can agree as a stranger or whoever to see and use these forms to talk about and kind of off the record, off the game board, you know? Or maybe looking directly at the green board. Yeah. And I think the one of the best parts of tarot for me is that you get to paint it. Like like you were saying, I like to paint a picture. I always like to have like a story time. No matter how long it takes or how short it is, I like to paint a picture of what this looks like. Because like you said, who's going to really like understand if, if, you're, if you're not like well versed in tarot, you're going to see, oh, the, the three of wands inverted. And then you're going to have the devil and they're going to be like oh shit why did I get the devil like is that a bad card no it's not a bad card like it depends on the reading of course and depends on what's going on but like I wanted to get to that point too where a lot of people have this misconception that having an inverted card yeah that's it's a bad thing and and, and also there's so many variables with cards like yeah the inversion what card is inverted what placement it's in um so many things that um, indicators it's like it's again it's a language so a word can mean different things in the context of a sentence you know so um Mm -hmm. like my phone just died versus i just died my phone and it's like those are completely different meanings you know so tarot is a language and it's in the configuration and sometimes i hear people say things that kind of annoy me because they're like well, this card actually means, doesn't mean that, it just means transformations, or, you know, it just means this or that, and, and it's like, you know what, like, real life is scary, in real life, people do die, in real life, people get breast cancer, in real life, a tragedy happens, an earthquake happens, like, in real life, you can have a divorce, in real life, you can get hit by a car, like, in real life, some fucking shit goes down, yeah. so it's not always just a gentle little you know, pat on the back, like, it's time to, you know, take more jogs, you know, sometimes it can be like that. But the reality, if we live good, full lives, 
we're going to see some shit. And sometimes that comes through in readings. And sometimes it's really hard to talk about as a reader because you're like, oh, how do I approach this? I don't even know this person. Um, and um, I guess there's yeah. a couple little notes there, you know, like a, your communication skills, like your ability to kind of suss up like how that person's going to take in information, your ability and confidence with understanding you relate to the tarot and your uh, quality of being able to be predictive. Um, you have to learn a lot to, you know, to, to toll it out day after day like that. But um, the reality is like in tarot, yes. sometimes things are bad. Sometimes things come out that are things I don't want to see or say. And, and um, it's heartbreaking sometimes, but it's going to happen or it's happening with whether or not the card says it is, you know? So it's a decision you have to make if, you, if you're deciding to be a reader professionally, um, if you're going to have integrity in your interactions or if you want to play a game. And um, either is fine. But, but understanding that, like, real shit happens to people. And when you pull tarot, you're talking about someone's soul in their progress of their life. And sometimes that means shit happens to them. Yeah. And sometimes you have to talk about it. If you want to, if you don't want to, if you see it and you, and you're like, God damn, I don't want to say anything. You don't have to, you know, that's, it's not on you. I take it upon myself because that's what I do, but I don't think everyone's obliged. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause like, I know when I do readings for just my friends or whether it's my family is accepting of me just reading for them. I'm always like, you know what? It's going to get very personal. It could be either like a really good thing for you or you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. Regardless, it's going to be an earful. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that it's a story. It's a like I, like I keep saying, it's a story that you're going to tell them about their life. And it's I feel like with tarot, it kind of shows the little hidden secrets that you've been kept, like you've been keeping away. It's like the locked box to keep in your mind where you have all the files in there, but you don't want to open it because you're scared. And, you know, like you said, shit does happen. And, you and you know, when you read cards, yeah. you're going to see some of that, you know, and it's not going to be pretty, but, you know, sometimes, things need to be said in an address. Um, and I sometimes think it's, it's a measure of diplomacy and capacity. Um, so, I mean, I mean, being a good diplomat, you have to really understand the nuance of a situation. And sometimes, um, sometimes people, I think I have been doing this for long enough that I think I'm good at the blows with a, in a way that is, uh, um, palatable, but, um, it's not always appropriate mm -hmm. to tell someone something if they're not ready, you know, it, it could shock them or you know right. like it could throw them off like there's been a lot of times where I've pulled cards and I scrutinized over if I should share something it's just in my personality to end up doing it but um it's taxing mm -hmm. because you have to figure out how to and so much of it it's it's not only how to translate the symbols or tell your vision it's you're talking to a human being and you have to figure out and read them enough like to, to figure out how to give them information yes. and what they can handle because you know we're not here to like brutalize each other uh, so i don't know it really mm -hmm. depends on on a lot of things like it's funny there's only 78 cards on the deck but all i've given 
thousands and thousands of readings and they all seem unique so it's like how does that work you know how does that work yeah for sure i don't know how it works like like that like you were saying each card looks different yeah. for me when i'm doing readings like you said like i can get like the queen of cups today i had it with ty the other day and it meant something completely different and then i got it with you today and because now it's, it's elemental too you know but something you know, like water and feminine exactly. energy has all of these adjectives but they're just different um implements and applications of an elemental force so um it's trying to talk yeah. to us in the way that we're trying to talk to each other right now and we're limited to our vocabularies and our um, enunciation you know and our our cadence but the the reality is like we are also sensing something in between our words that we're picking up and somehow downloading and that's how we retain information and that's so much to do with like oh I don't like their voice or whatever you know like there's it's not necessarily just the information and the words. It's like we feel like these spirits all around us, even if we're agnostic or, you know, like non-believers, like we get vibes. And I think that that is the same for tarot. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with this whole conversation. I, like I said, oh, I love likewise. talking to you about um, anything. Thank you so much for having me on again. And I- no, absolutely. And I would love to have you on whenever you're able, because, you know, I think you really kind of teach us what it means to go through life sometimes, you know, like, I think that this whole episode was really good. Like, I loved how you talked about the strength card, because a lot of that, a lot of people don't really know what that means. And they always depict it as something like um, something that's not tangible. Yeah, you know the what major I mean? can and be very elusive. I think Yes, exactly. And I think, like I said, you really teach the fundamentals of it, but you also teach the deep soul meanings behind tarot. And I think this is like one of the best kind of episodes I've done tarot wise. And, you know, because it's really difficult to kind of interpret tarot because there's so many different ways you can. And I think the way that you do it is it's an art form because you not only do you tell a story, but you tell a story that is unique to them and how they can receive it will be unique to them too. And I think that's really interesting and very beautiful because I definitely want to take a little bit of that learning experience that we just learned right now into my readings. Cause you know, I learn something, something every you know? day yeah. and every day must surprise you. Exactly. And the more you do it, the more you learn. And, yeah. and it's just one of those things, you know, and you're on your road. Yeah, for sure. I definitely get it. Well, you know, um, like I said, thank you, Elise, for coming back on here. Um, I would be honored to have Julia, you. Julia, I would love time, to come back whenever you're free. Yeah. So, guys, just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode and happy Friday. Um, I'm going to see if I can try to post twice a week. I was thinking about doing that, but, you know, it's a lot of work. But during quarantine, I think it's a good time to do it because, like, I have a lot of motivation. I'm really gun, like, I'm gun ho about it. So, I'll try to see if I can post twice a week, but if you guys like this episode, you know, just give me a heads up. Uh, You can message me on my Instagram and we can talk about it. Um, But like I said, this whole episode is a beautiful way to describe tarot. And I think whoever is trying to get into tarot, it's a good, it's a good step.
whether it's good for you or bad for you, whatever the case is, however you want to look at it, tarot is, is very unique. And, you know, as, as much as we kept saying, like, sometimes it could be really dark, it could be really fun too. And you can completely totally immerse yourself into it. And it's It's like all the life sauce. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everything, you know, just like a good movie. Yeah. So it's exactly like a good movie, you know? Uh, sometimes it gets cheesy sometimes it gets corny sometimes you're just like oh shit I can't watch a scene it's so cringe or it's like oh my god this is a horror film I can't I can't like understand like I need to I need to leave out, go out of this um this room right now because I can't watch it's too scary whatever the case is tarot is an experience and you kind of just like you get to play with different players every single day so um you know I can go on and on about tarot but like I said Elise thank you for being on here guys thank you for listening bye guys see you in the next one thank you